Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. Daniel, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? Oh, a whole lot of nothing. Finally got the kids crowded up and fed. And... So, having a good day so far. How are you? Perfect, man. Getting some coffee in me. I'm set. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm starting to do this thing where I drank 32 ounces of water before I head to that. So, I told Ashley, I said, hey, honey, in about 30 minutes, I would love you to death if you come in and bring me a cup of coffee. <laughs> 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 like, yes. She's like, well, why don't you do it now? And I said, well, because it might get cold. I'm not. I got to drink this water first. But in about 30 minutes, that'd be awesome. It's, all, like, all, right, it's all science, man. It's got to be. There's an art to it. That's what I hear. <laughs> Well, guys, for y'all listening in, uh, this is a good friend, good brother of mine, Daniel Jury. He's another one from the Texas area. Uh, got a lot of pride and a lot of passion and uh, just a down-to-earth, awesome dude. And I'm so glad to have him on. And thank you for your time, for wanting to come on here, my man. Oh, dude, I'm I'm stoked. I, I'm just happy to, to talk to you, man. I, I love chatting with you. And, and I love to see all the amazing things that, that you're out there doing, bro. I'm glad to be a part of it it's it's all one love that's for sure if it if it, no one is getting any benefit out of it then i might as well just shut all this down because it, it definitely ain't for me 100 uh, that's that's definitely the mission statement over here but uh but man why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself daniel uh, firefighter for san antonio out here in texas um haven't been in the fire service for long uh, about a combined total between a small department of about uh six years uh i was in the marine Man, I, uh, I, when I got out, I was looking for that, that brotherhood and that, that job that, you know, keep testing me and, uh, give me something different. And, uh, man, I, I followed whatever. I'm not sure if we lost connection on my end or not. So you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit, buddy. Uh, Is that better? Yes, I hear you good now. All right. All right. So um, I don't know where I left off, but I got in in the fire service because – same thing that everybody would tell me was that it's the best job in the world, man. Every, everybody I asked, the first thing that came out of their mouth, best job in the world. And, uh, I, I, there had to be something to that. There's, I don't know any other professions that, that people say that the first sentence. So, um, man, it stuck with me. I already had kind of a, a little bit of love for, um, the medical side of, of, uh, EMS. And I thought it was cool that kind of diagnostics and problem solving, and uh, you can't go wrong with fire. That's where all the fun stuff is. So I started to look <laughs> into it and it, uh, it just led me down that road, man. And I, I never looked back and I felt like, uh, I got, I was, I was meant to be here. I felt, I feel like it's a calling. And, uh, yeah. I just, at this point in my life, I feel like I'm in, I'm in the spot that I need to be. Man, you're absolutely right. And I couldn't agree more on that. Um, especially see, I've never served, but I've had a lot of brothers who did serve and were enlisted and 
I know that y'all have a different kind of brotherhood than what you would, I would say, in the fire service. Could you uh, kind of compare, contrast the two kind of different brotherhoods or how they maybe complement one another? Man, I, I'd say they complement each other more than they're different. Um, I I think that it it all comes back to to something bigger than you and, and whatever that is at the time, it, you know, it's the Marine Corps and it's about, you know, Americans and, and preserving that and the freedom and things like that. And then when you transfer over the fire service, the, the direction is just aimed differently, but it's the same concept. It's something bigger than you. It's the fire service. Yes. I'm not sure if we're having connection issues with Wi-Fi or something. Uh, you got me now? Yeah. I don't know Hi. if Wi-Fi is hit or miss on your end. Um, when it does that, sometimes I can't hear you, but it still picks it up on the recording. It, it's a weird thing. But if we do lose connection, we'll just pause this. And I'll resend you the link, and we'll carry on like nobody's business. But, um, yeah, and we're back. All right. But, so you said they complement each other more than they contrast. They do, man. Um, I, like I said, it's just it's just a difference of of where you're you know the direction that you're aiming. But the you know when when the Americans call upon the Marine Corps to go to war mm -hmm. and do their job, they just do it, and the expectations there just like when people call nine one one for the fire service, man. I, I think the brotherhood is is there because. Um, you know, it, we look at it as something bigger than ourselves. And at the end of the day, like when, when you're out there with your buddies in the military, you're all you got. And man, same thing on a fire ground, you're all you got. And, and everything it's a lot of times, um, I, I don't know, even for, for PD and things like that, some of these jobs where they, they cross over too. there's not a whole lot though, that like in the fire service where we live with each other. Right. And in the Marine, like the Marine Corps, you know, when you're in the barracks, things like that, you live, eat, sleep, you're with each other all the time. So that's what I think really creates that such a tight, strong bond. So if, and when it transfers over the fire service, it's nearly the same. You know, you're with somebody for 24 hours. You you really got to got to trust and love those people, man. And, and, you know, there's not a lot to, to hide. Yeah. And that's that's funny that you said that about not a lot of places to hide or what have you. The some of the podcasts I'm hearing and the guests that they're speaking on, this topic kind of comes up every now and then. And I'm hearing a lot of them that, you know, yes, they're they're thankful to have these very nice elaborate fire stations, but they're also uh wishing they can just go back to that almost eight hundred square foot open room, day room just type style Dude, firehouse. I, to where I agree on that. hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh that's that seems to be the the new norm and I, I get it I, I get the right direction they they want amongst a million other things they want to start giving you know we're we're there they start looking at sleep schedules and these different things and they're, they're doing some positive benefits for it but man that that's so true when you when you allow these people to you know have these places to be able to go separate themselves and and a lot of that at the end of the day even 
depending on the facility still comes back to the company and the company officers and stuff. You, even if you got a 10,000 square foot firehouse, you, you got to force your guys to come to the kitchen table. Yes. But it, it is, man. It, it, I wish. Yeah, that I do see a lot in that too, because a lot of people may not realize or not, but I mean, it's like, like a 600 square foot overall open layout. And then we have three bedrooms attached to it. You know, one for a battalion chief, the company officer, and then the, the driver and firefighters together. So we love it. We like the aspect of that because we can sit there and just be a crew together. And we don't necessarily have to zone out or be isolated. There's something to be said. Everyone just wants to isolate or they have that capability to just spend my own time in my own room and not really have that interaction because it, it just gets difficult to really bond and put that full trust in one another that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I agree a hundred percent. When you're, when you're stuck around each other, it, it just, for the most part, man, every time that I've, I've experienced it just creates good things. It forces guys to talk. It forces guys to train. Um, it, it just, it always reaps good benefits. Oh, absolutely. And so uh, this kind of brings me to another topic I want to touch on with you is, you know, the term for them, because it does get thrown around a lot. I do believe there's a lot of us that truly buy into that. But then I also think sometimes it's, it's kind of catchy and some people that are saying it, that's just empty words because everyone else is saying it. So they want to say it. So I just want to touch on that topic with you because I know that you embrace this wholeheartedly. Every conversation I've had with you, we somehow bring this up and I just want you to school me on what for them means to you. And what can we do to truly embrace this, uh, this phrase? Yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I do. I really do. Um, try to do everything I can to, to embrace it. I, I agree that it is, it is something that gets thrown around a lot. Um, it, it has the right direction and the right meaning. It can get gimmicky. I think where people struggle with it is it's not something that you can, you can pick and choose between. It is all encompassing and you have to have every aspect of that job for them. You don't have to be, you know, when you get off shift and you want to take the shirts off, you don't have to wear anything that says you're a fireman, man. You, you do what you want. But when you wear that uniform and you show up, everything you do that whole day, you owe to the public. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. At, at no point throughout that day is it about you. There's no sympathy. It doesn't matter that you're tired. It doesn't matter that it's 110 degrees outside. It doesn't matter that it's negative 30 degrees outside none of that matters. So, man, I, I'm a true believer that, that it has to follow in, in every aspect of what you do. That means when you, when you train that day, so Wi-Fi is not being our greatest friend today, but picking up where you <laughs> We but yeah, pick it up. 
So the uh, man, it the the four of them. Uh, I'm not sure quite where we left off, but it it is. Talked, we were finishing up on training when we trained. Okay, them. so so yeah, so training, man, just every aspect of it, it ha- it has to be driven towards that direction. Um, from from nine to nine, I I don't show up to my firehouse and 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 get to do anything that that is is for me. Everything that benefits me is just something that I'm doing for them and for the public and for the homeowner that's going to call the person that needs me. And I, I, I get benefits from that on the outside of it. So if I go and I train and I get in gear or do whatever, I'm going to grow and I'm going to get better. But at the end of the day, that, that wasn't for me. That's for them. Yeah. I just get to reap some of the benefits of it. Um, but man, we, uh, it's, it's a hard, hard thing to do to keep that, going a hundred percent of the time. And, and I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you that I, I'm not, I'm not perfect in any way to do it. No, I'm not the model for it. I, I try to keep it in every aspect, but the best way that I can honestly do it is I have to keep that circle that's around me with yes. people that are going to keep me accountable. Yes. Lee nailed that. And that goes back to the brotherhood aspect. And I was just talking to a group of brothers last night when we were doing a Bible study and this got brought up by one of the gentlemen who said that he feels more close with the guys that he's networked and contacted with outside of his organization than he does within his own organization. And it's not by his own doing because he's a guy no matter where he's at. However, it just seems that it's more receptive from others from outside his organization. And I think that can be true for a lot of individuals, but um, man, I, I, I would, I would think maybe you, you open up a little bit. I think the dialogue is maybe a little different. Um, I, you know, I think you, if you, when you're around somebody, I, I can, I could probably say this at least when I go out and, and, you know, go to conferences and things like that. When I'm, when I get around guys from other areas and we get a chance to sit down with, you know, whoever from wherever and i don't know who they are i just get to meet them and know that they're a brother and you start talking and the passion comes out and you, you it just flows and it's it's flawless and um yeah. i mean i mean i think that 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 relationship is so different compared to where you know and, and to be real about it we we try to uphold images um within our own department and our people around us because we see them all the time and you know, maybe we are a little closed up or, or whatever it is, but I, I do, I, I, I at least know me personally, when I, when I go out and I, I get the chance to sit around those guys, man, it, I don't even remember what we talked about the night before because we're just sitting there and our, our hearts are open and we're flowing. Yeah. And, and that, that made me kind of think a little more on this too. And now that this question was meant in any kind of negative direction, but you think about, you know, your day one with your crew or your, your first couple tours where you share that flow and you share that passion and then hopefully it's mutual and received on the other end as well. So, okay, now that we've addressed that aspect as a crew and we know that's where we stand, we just move forward and conquer life together after that. Yes. So I think that's what really might help tunnel that in for some of those that feel like, Oh, the brotherhood is just dead. Well, I don't know why you feel that way, but the brotherhood I'm a part of is not at all. Right. And you, but, and you got to seek it out and you got to, you got to do that. And you have to build it. I'm not, you know, 
if if you have somebody that you need to bring up with you and bring work, man, put the time in and and show those people what passion look like. Um, I, you have to be able to to build that around you because if if not, and there's there's a weakness in that in that link, and you're not able to to bring it all up, man, it it'll take you down. And I tell rookies and probies that come through all the time, like when you come to a fire crew, it's very hard and it's a very rare thing that one guy comes over or girl and, and ends up where you're changing the dynamics of of that crew. Normally you either can form or they can form to you. And it, it's it's usually that when, when that person goes in and it, whatever dynamic is there, that's what you're going to fall into. And if you, if you see that that's not the direction that you, you want to be going down or, you know, that they don't have the same mindset as you, you got to put yourself somewhere else because if not, you're, you're going to slide in where it's comfortable. Yes. Man, I couldn't agree more on that, man. So it's, I agree. I just, I know that for them and brotherhood, it almost is like beating a dead horse at times, but it keeps resurfacing at the same time. So we just can't I, lose focus of, of, of what we do, why we do it and who it's for. And, you know, the way that the fire service ha- has, has been going recently, I, I think we lost a little focus on that. And, and we just need to remember that every everything we do with that uniform on it is for, for the people that, that are calling, man, we, we don't even get to do this job without them. We're not entitled. We're not owed anything. Absolutely. Right. That man, that couldn't be a better way to lead into this next topic of public trust. You know, like what are we doing to maintain it? You know, are we close to losing it? I mean, we both were there at gone to Texas. We heard Chief Thompson said, what is the catalyst that's going to put us where our brothers in law enforcement are at right now? Because we are not that far at times. It's terrifying, man. It is. That was an Um, eye opener when he said that. I was like, dang, I never even thought of that. It is. It, you know, everybody would say the same thing when it comes to trust. Trust is one of those things where it's, it's hard to get back once you break it. And the fire service, I, I don't think we've ever done that. We we have this long-standing tradition that you know people are happy to see us and they love us and we're the good guys all the time, and uh, and they kind of just let it slide. They they openly, wholeheartedly trust us to do the right thing all the time, and that is a enormous burden on on people that are imperfect. So in in order to live up to that, man, it is. It is a drive. Um, the stuff I know, me and you got to to talk. The stuff with Uvalde was uh, was a big eye opener for the country. And you know, I I'm not a cop. I've never been a cop, man. I I know what I I would expect, you know, police officers to do. And and I, I would I think I have a good idea of, of how I'd handle situations on things. But I, what I know is being a fireman and uh, the scrutiny and the magnifying glass that gets put on police is very, very on the opposite side of the spectrum for us. Um, which is kind of a crazy thing when you think about it, because if you take, let's just say Uvalde, for instance, or an yeah. active shooter situation that, yes. um, that, that police get into these situations don't come up very often for these guys. They're, they're bread and butters are, you know, not these kind of big scenarios where, 
the public public is expecting them to really throw themselves on the line and and have to to you know really perform. They don't come across that often. We do it no, every day. Every day we show up to fires, and those are our big scenarios. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're expected to go in and and go after somebody's kid or family or you know dog or whatever it is. Every single fire we go to, but nobody bats an eye or, or looks at the fire service to go. Did, did they do what we thought that they were going to do? Right. Did did those guys do it in the timely fashion? Were they prepared? You know, did they look like how they do on TV? Like, you know, the public, how they, how they view all this stuff, but it does matter. You know, it really does matter. It does, man. And, and, and like you said, and just like Scott Thompson said, like I, if we, if that day comes where we break that, I don't know how to get that back And you know, we don't, we don't wear body cameras. We don't have people that are judging us on the news. Um, they're not asking to see what the firefighters did at that last fire so they can publicly review it, you know, like, right. like, like the screening that these cops get. And man, if we don't, if we don't do what we can to keep that, we're next. I, I really feel like we're next. Uh, I agree more, man. Just one small topic, you know, to compliment that is the fact that we're asked, Hey, guess what? The coffee's here, Daniel. Thank you, baby. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes. she did it. She did it. That was awesome. But uh, but no, going back to it, we're we're telling them, you know, close your doors, and we're seeing all the beautiful pictures of these untouched rooms, but the whole day room and living room and everything is just destroyed. But yet we failed a VES because we're telling them that's your safe zone. We're going to come for you where people aren't doing the VESs or in a timely manner. And then when they do their secondary search after total suppression is complete, then we find the the individuals. And so it's when the public is really starting to catch on to this man on some of these organizations that are not full heartedly training their tactics and being tactically sound on basic operations. It doesn't matter if you're in New York, California, Texas, Florida, that stuff needs to be done, period. It doesn't matter where you're at with that. So when those organizations who aren't executing that, those are the ones that are going to be brought to the light. And that's going to be the black on the fire service while the rest of us are like, whoa, Jack, that's them. That ain't us. They're not wanting to listen. So that's where I feel like we are very close to that catalyst. If people really don't shape up and start doing their jobs the way they need to be doing. them, And that's the thing with the brotherhood, man, is it, it you know, it, it comes with both sides when, when the fire service, you know, the people before us that came through and built that trust and built those reputations, we get to reap those benefits and we get to come into a fire service where people have that blind trust for us. Well, on the opposite end, when somebody messes it up, we all messed it up yep. and we all have to wear that black eye now. Yep. It's yeah, just it's, like one, one bad is, egg uh, in our department, you know, if, if they screw up, it's not, you know, fire and fire so-and-so it is, X fire department has blah, blah. So it, it's everybody involved. It's not a, a one thing. Yes. And, and without a doubt, man, I mean, we, we gotta be honest with ourselves that we, we all make mistakes and, right. and to be, to be arrogant of, of saying that all these fires go smoothly is, is just bogus. Like that's, that's insane. We have to be able to go. 
what did we, what did we do wrong? How can we do it better? And we have to talk about it because like I, like we're saying, man, it, all it's going to take is somebody to start to catch on. And, and the more and more where we're putting this us and we and me before them, but it's only going to last so long to where somebody's going to be like, hold on a second. We just, we just told our whole second grade class that firefighters save people. And you guys came in and did this big demonstration and you told us to close our doors and all this stuff. But then you didn't go in and search for these people for 20 minutes yes, because of A, B and C or why did it take your guys so long to get dressed? Oh, well, they had to get SCBAs out of the cab and they had to do this. And do, like, and people are going to start to put this stuff together. It's, it doesn't take long. No, it won't. And emergencies are never going to go away, man. No, hundred percent. And, and, you know, it's, it's something that if it doesn't, if it doesn't scare you and it doesn't make your spine tingle a little bit to just go, Hey, we like this is coming and we need to make sure that we're at the top of our game a hundred percent all the time. Yes. Because if not, yes. man, like I you said, can, I, I just don't know how once that's broken, you, you get it back. I mean, we, we get to see that with PD right now. It, it's they had they had one or two, you know, issues or things that came up and it, it brought them into the light a little bit. And it man, it's a it's an uphill battle for them. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you hear the buzz about the slow houses, man, that don't ever really run anything or they're just the, the professional Band-Aid putter honors. Well, you, hopefully you had that first mentality that you joined the fire service because you want to be a firefighter and it's in the name. It's on the rigs. We deal with fire. So if you're in a slow house that doesn't see a whole lot of that, at least, you know, scratch that itch by getting out there and, and stretching lines and flowing lines and replicating and, and working yourself through an imaginary structure fire on the apron bay for goodness sake and just stay proficient with it you know well, because that about, time will come the thing about that is it's funny because we can talk about it and we can say those things like yeah that company's slow or they don't make as as much fire or they don't make as much of the these ems calls or whatever it is but the public doesn't know that right the public doesn't know that that company is a you know a single engine house and they only make two calls a day. And that one, the next one over is a double company house that makes 30 calls a day. And the next one's a technical mm -hmm. rescue crew or a hazmat crew. They don't know any of that stuff, man. They, they pick up the phone and they call 911 and they think they're getting the, the best, best people the on the face of the earth that are going to come and mitigate their problem and save their family. They don't care if you've got five minutes on the job or 50 years on the job. They, they don't know or care about any of that stuff. They called you. They want you there. They want it fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've never had one ask me, you know, hopping off the rig, how long have you been doing this? Is this your first day? No, man. That, that doesn't happen. No, they expect us all to be at the same exact level uh, across the board, right? And, and you have to that's – the, that's the mentality we have to be able to carry with us in every day is not – not who are we? What fire station am I at? How many calls am I going to run? Am I like, what do those people expect me to be like? And then you have to shape yourself into that firefighter. Oh, no doubt, man. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. I mean, I know we're like minded D's, but wow, this, mm. I'm glad this is being talked about because I think it does. I think it does need to be driven home for some one. I think it really shows the ultimate sense of accountability on the company officers to make sure their crew is that way. 
but it's an all all in buying at the same time. Your your drivers and your towboards they've got to embrace that too and not think that oh dang my my company officer is a hard ass. He just wants us out there on you know all these different drills and scenarios. Man, that's that's not what I really wanted to do. Well, yeah, I would like, suggest that you reevaluate then. And like we talked about earlier, that's it, it is a difficult thing to do. And like I said, I'm I'm man, I'm not the I'm not the poster child for it. So that's why I keep solid guys around me that yes. keep keep me accountable because some days I am tired. Some days I don't I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. And I gotta have somebody that's next to me that goes, Hey man, get up. Hey, let's do this, let's do that. And when that guy has a slow day or he has an off day, I got to do the same thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not easy and it's not what we want to do, but that's why we got to keep that circle around us that has like-minded that are, have the same common goals are going to keep each other accountable because man, it, it is it, to me, it just personally, it feels like it's an impossible thing to do to run that hundred miles an hour, a hundred percent of the time every day. Oh yeah. So, so you got to have, and make no mistake, you know, you got to have your downtime and, and whatever else, but those days where you just need somebody to light a little bit of a fire underneath you, if you don't have those people that are there to do it, man, it, it's so much harder to get yourself up to do something, to go train, to do whatever else. You got to surround yourself with those people that are going to keep you accountable. Oh, I couldn't agree more, man, because that one down day could turn into a down tour, can turn into a down 100%, week. Man, you know, 100%. You're in that rut. You're like, holy crap, where'd the time go? And, now all these extra pounds are packed on me, and now I'm very rusty on my skills. So, yeah, I see very much what you're saying. The complacency just it, – it happens fast. And it's – the comfort always feels better than discomfort, right? Like it it, it just happens so fast, and you got to – you really got to stay on top of it. Couldn't agree more, man. Well, I can definitely tell that this is one thing you're, you're passionate about. It kind of leads me to – Another question I wanted to pick your brain on, Brother Daniel, is what other aspects of the fire service are you extremely passionate about? You know, I know a little bit, but I know a lot of the, the listeners that were expecting to hear this episode may not know a whole lot. So let's talk sure. about that, man. What are some things that you just love that you you embrace and that you you pinpoint on to be the best that you can be with that? Sure. Um, man, I've I'm real big on, on being well-rounded. I know that that's literally probably the hardest thing we possibly can do. Um, True. I get a lot of guys that say, you know, that Jack of all trades, master of none, you know, you got to pick a few, like whatever, whatever it is. I, I, I don't buy into that. I, I try to be as proficient at every single discipline as I can. Um, and that's a never ending thing in order to make that happen. Um, man, some of my, I, I've been on an engine, for pretty much my whole fire career. Um, I was on an engine when I was on the technical rescue company. Um, I started out on an engine with smaller department. I'm on an engine now, uh, in my department, I just, I feel like the engine is a, is a good spot to be. It's, it's fast. It's quick. We usually get there, you know, first or second. That's, that's where I want to be at. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still love engine work. Um, I love the hose deployments and moving things like that truck work is, is more my, my passion. Um, search is, is by far my, my biggest, um, I would say love of the fire service. It, to me, it, it just hits home of, of why we're there and, yeah, and you know, what, what, what my job is, but, um, that's what I, I love training on. I love learning about 
that's that's pretty much where uh, where I, I find I find my heart to be fulfilled is is learning all the the search things and how to get better and faster at it and and be more proficient. Um, I get I I spent a little time on a technical rescue team. Um, I I love that stuff, man. It, it was fun. I I gotta be honest, there's there's guys and I, I'll I'll praise our guys all day. I think San Antonio as probably some of the best rescue techs in the whole entire country. And uh, those guys are amazing at what they do, but man, I, I didn't, I didn't have as much passion in, in doing that kind of stuff. Like I do fire. Right. Um, and to me that every time I train on something, that's just the basics, the basics of firefighting. I love it. And I, and I have fun and it, it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Um, I'm going to be the guy that, probably is the unique one to say that i as much as i hate all the you know late night calls that seem to be not necessary i yeah. i still love ems um, i really do i'm not a big fan of being on an ambulance but i love the diagnostics and the problem solving that comes with our ems calls um i'm, I'm a I, I love to dive into that stuff i think that you know, that, that all becomes part of being that well-roundedness Absolutely. is, uh, is, is every, every aspect of the job. And, and I know a lot of guys that are, you know, are amazing firemen, but they, they put the EMS on the backside. And to me, that seems a little bit, um, contradicting. It's, it's still a part of your job and, uh, and we got to put as much passion and pride into, to every aspect of, of what's required of us, not just what's fun or, you know, what we, what we like to do or what looks sexy, it has to be all of it. No, I agree hundred percent, man. And I'm, I'm not one of the guys that bashes EMS either. I've ne I did part-time work on an ambulance and with the private service we did, we had to post at different parking lots within our County. So yeah. that was a little monotonous. I didn't care for that. And that was a, sure. a deterrent to be transparent, but man, when we were running the calls, I liked that. And you're, that's a prime opportunity for us on the full side, full side of the fire service to, you know, one, look at the blueprint layout of your game plans. Look at how, um, how, if they had the smoke detectors, what's blocking windows, what's doing stuff like this, but also at the same time, that's what allows you that interaction with the public to gain that rapport, to gain that trust with them and to really let them know that, Hey man, if we're here for you because you don't know why you're feeling so sick and we got to help figure it out, that's a challenge. But I trust that in them that, hey, man, if they care enough to help me out through this uncertain time, what are they going to do when my house is actually on fire? I know they're going to be just as passionate, just as caring. So it's it's kind of double sided, man, with those. EMS yeah, calls. I, I can't I can't remember. We were when we were up and gone to Texas together. I can't remember if it was if it was Mo Davis or Clyde Gordon. But, man, some they go out and he says, like, you, you see a mother with a baby. And the people that she would let just hold that baby alone is probably a small list, but to just pass that baby off to is an even smaller list. And it's like, man, we, that's us. That, yes. that mother, doesn't, she doesn't even know my name yet, but she's going to hand me her baby and say, here you go. Like, and trust me to fix that problem and, and make whatever issue she's having better. Same thing with the father, you know, with his family and, you know, we get to go into people's houses. How many people do you let just come into your house? And that they go, you know, the same thing with that public trust. Like they just let us walk in and, and they think right out of the bat, we're, we're already the, in every good sense of 
of the word of trust with them. Yes. And we walk in these people's houses and go, how can we help you? How can we fix it? And they'll hand babies to us. They'll open up their whole house. They'll, you know, let us go into their house when, you know, nobody else is home. Like it's so crazy. And to be able to, to do that kind of stuff is such a, a big responsibility, but it's, it, it, to me, it's, it's so fulfilling and just gives your life a purpose, man. Oh, it hundred percent does. And you know, as I'm hearing you say all that, you know, it's almost like, man, sometimes even I'm, I'm guilty of almost overlooking that at points because especially when you have one of those long calls where, or long tours where they were a bunch of major calls and it's wrapping up and then you get hit with that, you know, fall assist, but then you get there and she's actually hemorrhaging and, you know, different things. So you can't be complacent with it. Yeah. And man, I just, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I like my EMS stuff. I just, I don't want to be on an ambulance because I'd rather assist on the, the medical side, but still it's somewhere to pop off in transit. Now it's fire time. So yeah. I mean, that, I, that's I, my like I said, I feel like that's just, that was my calling. That's, uh, that's what I love about it. You know, it goes back to that same thing. I always say the, the life of service and uh, yes. I, I enjoy it, man. That's it's built into my DNA. I, I truly love helping people out. And I'm, it's, it's just such a blessing that there's a career that pays well. And uh, I'm able to do that every day. And I got to ask you this question too. Have you, uh, even in your off time, have you seen any of the the patients out in public when you're off duty? And like, have they ever re- like recognized you or said, "Hey, that was the the fireman that helped me out"? Has that ever happened, dude? That's a that's a great question. <laughs> that's like crazy. I've never thought of that. Um, I haven't either until now. I I don't I don't think I have. If I'm going to be honest, I I don't know if I've if I've seen. Oh, you know what? It was it was one one guy when I worked for um. I worked for Boverde Spring Branch before I got on with San Antonio, and um, it's a it's a small town, so you know everybody shops at the same H E B and all these other things. And uh, instead of normally, like if you have a, a a big call, people will come to the station. You know, somebody had a heart attack, wants to come and thank you, or things like that. Um, this guy actually saw us out at uh, the grocery store when we were getting dinner, and um, we weren't in uniform. I think we came in for training. Or, or something like that. And, and he actually recognized us by our faces rather than um, anything that we were wearing that signified that we were there that day. And uh, it was a, it was a tough call. Uh, we, we ended up flying, flying the guy out in a helicopter for what was going on. It, it was a, it was a bad call, man. And, and he recognized us and, and actually stopped and talked to us, thanks to us. And it was, it was such a cool thing because when you see people and you you'll recognize them, you you remember their face, but you I never think anybody will right re- you know recognize me without a uniform on or anything like that, right? And uh, and he did, and he knew the crew, and uh, it was his actually his his birthday was coming up um, the next few months, and he invited the whole crew out to his birthday, and we actually ended up going to his house and and celebrating that he was awesome. he was there, and you know we were able to help. That was that was really cool. Um, other than that, I I don't feel like I come across patients out in the public public very often um that would be that'd be really interesting but also i mean i do i don't i don't work where on the side of town that i live either so so there's that there's that uh that distance there too but yeah i mean i we got some guys that that work where they uh where they live and I, i would imagine you probably come across somebody you know from you know high school if you grew up there or or whatever it is yeah. And that I was I asked that because 
one that really drives the, the for them because they remember they they like you just got done explaining they remembered your faces uh, take the uniform yes. off so they knew you you impacted them whether you realized it or not and you stuck out in their mind and that's where that trust is being built because our crew we've had it done at the grocery store while we're obviously on duty getting groceries for whatever and um they come in like hey man you were the guys that helped us with you know such and such call of my grandma or whatnot and was like oh whether we remember or not but we're like yeah man how's she doing and stuff like that and that's that's where that trust and that public interaction really plays off and uh and to me man that that uh yeah that that it it does it goes back to that that public image and that public trust like it's the same thing when you know somebody shakes your hand and says thank you for your service like man that that should just light that fire a little bit deeper to go like okay like people are people are still watching. They're still paying attention. Like I knew that I, I walked into that person's house and all they needed was help up and it wasn't a big deal. And we, it's three in the morning. We just came off of four other calls that were, you know, a lot bigger of a complication than this one. And you walk so, in so. And, and whatever demeanor you have, they're going to read that and they're going to know. And they, they want that customer service because they deserve it, man. And, and when, when you go somewhere and all of a sudden you see somebody like that, it's like, Hey, thank you for, for this. I remember you. I did this, man. That, that should, that should be a real uh, kick in the ass to go. All right. I, I gotta be on top of my game all the time. Like, because these, these people, they, they do, they appreciate it, but they deserve it. Yeah. And think on the other hand too, if, if you go in there with a crappy attitude or t- checked out, don't even really want to be there. They're going to remember that too. And Used to say, well, piss on that. Last time I called nine one one, they just they didn't even want to be here, so I'm just not going to uh, call them. And then the inevitable all could time. And 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 you know how it goes, man. Negative negative voice shines brighter than positive. Like, yeah, that's sad, but yeah, it's true. You know, you, I'd a lot more people would would say something if if they saw a you know anybody on a fire scene or anything like that do something in a bad light. That's going to get talked about way more than somebody's going to give you an attaboy for being at you know showing up with a good positive attitude like it's just to be expected oh 100 percent, man and uh man everything we just touched on kind of bled into a question i had here where i had a what are some areas you feel the fire service as a whole can do better and how do we get there man i I think we're we're touching on that already but do you you think there's anything else that sticks in your head that you want to just bring to light, like, man, we as a whole can do a lot better at this or that, whether it be a tactic or approach or anything. I I think we just need to, I think we need to regroup and refocus and, and get back to that, you know, that for them just to hit back at that. We, we need to remember that this job is, is never about us. And I, I think, you know, that's such a, a broad spectrum and a broad picture, but that that's the truth of it is that's the mission and that's the drive. And that's what we're here for. And if we just keep that mentality and stay focused on, on that aspect, I think everything else falls into place and follows, or, it, or at least it's going to be driven towards that type of direction to where it's going to be down the right path. If we make our tactics, follow that, what is, what is best for that person inside of that house? Not what's, yes safest for us um you know all these things they dakota meyer um anybody who doesn't know who dakota meyer is medal of honor recipient um 
check this guy out. He's, he's a firefighter out in Texas. This guy's nothing but an example of a life of service. And uh, he put out something that was amazing the other day. And, and it was kind of tough to swallow for a lot of people. And he said it should be expected and way more acceptable to go to 40 firefighter funerals than to one civilian. Hmm. And Boy, uh, that doesn't put it in perspective, though. What's that? I say, if that doesn't put it in perspective, though, that quote. Yeah, man. And, and, and that's, and that's true. I believe in that. Like we risk our lives. Those people end up in those scenarios, but, but we risk our lives and we chose this profession and we chose this, um, this job. Like they, nobody came in and recruited me. I didn't get told one day with a draft letter, like I'm going to come be a fireman. Right. I decided to do this. I, I chose them. They didn't choose me. I chose them. Right. So, so when I get to go and, and look at these different tactics and ask like, man, we, we should be risking everything for these people and not so focused on, on what's safest for us. Man, I think you nailed it. Now, I mean, to truly sum all that up, though, man, for those listening, uh, you are hearing a taste of what truly being aggressive is about, but also at the same time, it, it should be normalized. But don't be a kamikaze fireman either that's reckless and incompetent into stuff that they can't get themselves out of. So it's, it's a whole well-rounded topic we're, we're discussing with that. A hundred percent, you know. There's, if you're not training on the stuff, if, if you're, if you, if you're complacent, if you're out of shape, if you have all these things, it, don't try to blame it on the job. Don't try to say yeah. that the, the job is dangerous, that people get hurt. Doing, no. It's you, all you. Yes. It's all you. And you can't, you can't bring us down to the lowest common denominator where we go, well, that guy may get hurt or it may be a dangerous thing for him or, or that guy that doesn't know how to perform that task may not do it well well that's him and if you can't bring that person up or bring the accountability to them then that's a problem at at a different level but you can't just go well that task is dangerous that task is dangerous and some guys can perform it and some guys can't like no it, it it still needs to get done the job needs to get done so you either bring the people at the bottom up or you need to you got to cut them because yeah. and you, you don't get to go tough. like, well, we got to stop doing this. No, you can't. You got to stop allowing people who can't do it to try and attempt it. That's the problem. Absolutely. 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 So, Bill, you got any goals you're currently working on as we switch gears here a little bit? Because I know you got the patience of Gandhi with this. and I have no idea why we keep having these little interruptions. <laughs> but uh, no, no you got way, my man. editing work cut out for me, but we'll make it happen. No, I uh... – Man, I goals. Uh, if I were to be candid, I, I was uh, I was getting to a point where I felt like I was spreading myself too thin. Um, 
I, I really, really am. Anybody who knows me knows that I, I live, eat, sleep, and breathe firefighting. Um, I, I, I'm super passionate about it, and I always want to have my hands in as much as I can and surround myself with it. But I, uh, I, I was feeling like I was spread a little too thin, and so I had to, to pull back on some of the stuff. I'm very much – I enjoy – teaching and being involved with everything. Um, but without a doubt, I'm, I'm young in the fire service. I'm very much a student of the craft still. So I, I try to make my biggest priority is, is to continue to keep training and learning. So I try to hit as many conferences to learn from these, uh, these amazing guys that are out there doing this stuff. But I've been, I've been blessed with, uh, you know, the opportunities at my own department and, uh, with Matt Valdez out there at MV fire rescue has given me as many others, a a huge amount of opportunity to go and, and spread some passion and knowledge. And uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up um, between a lot of different disciplines. The engine ops classes is, is going to be kicking off um, another one here at SAC at the end of the month that uh, Damon Dorval is going to be coming out for from way of the nozzle, which we're excited about. Yes. Um, Rick's going to be coming up and going. I'm a part of that cadre um, here. Once it starts to cool down, I know Matt's working on, on auto X stuff, forcible entry, uh, my biggest probably that I would say goal that's coming up is uh, we're going to we're going to get a search class up and running here um, real shortly. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you get the little hints here and there, the class is going to be called the mission. Nice. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be a lead on that class. So we're, we're really excited about that one. I feel like the area needs it. Um, like I, I said, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So I'm excited to to be able to to share that with guys. That's what I'm talking about, man. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, y'all are slick with uh, those little drops here and there. I pick up on it. Man. <laughs> it's, it's awesome to see what you guys are doing with that cadre, man. Y'all are master, doing great things. Master man, dude. We are we have we have amazing guys out here. I, I don't I don't know how we all got put together and, and how in this area, but damn dude, there are some good firemen out here. And uh yeah. I'm I'm blessed to to call these guys friends and brothers and, and get to share space with them. Um I I enjoy every single minute that I get with these guys out here, but yeah, that's it's just trying yeah. to trying to balance balance fire and family, and and that's it. Yeah, prioritizing is one big thing too. It's a, it's a discipline, you know. When you it when is. you wear a lot of hats, you've got to. It takes a strong person, man, and it does build character, and it makes you well rounded to learn how to truly prioritize. It and does, man. I, I couldn't speak more about y'all's group too, man. I, I love every single one of y'all. Y'all are great dudes, and I'm just glad to know you guys. Yeah, we we appreciate it, man. We like I said, I, I love getting to talk to you, and, and I'm I'm blessed to be surrounded by these guys, and and they just to be able to to work with them, and you know, it it, it constantly makes me better. Absolutely, man. That's the end goal. You never stop bettering yourself, man. So this whole this whole episode, honestly, in my opinion, I sound like a broken record when I get this question, but I can't help but kind of start it off. But, uh, man, I really wish that Rookies Abroad would just tune into this and just hear all the sound advice and life topics and life lessons learned from all the guests that I bring on here because there's so much value in everyone's story that they bring. But uh, what – what would you specifically give advice wise to the rookie, no matter the age, but just time and service rookie, what would you, what advice would you give him, Danny? Oh, shoot a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. There, uh, there's a lot. Man, I, I'd say probably the biggest thing that I, I I'm starting to see and, and notice is 
to if I were to give personal advice to be to, to to be the first one to do something to volunteer, I've always tried to follow that. Um, whenever an opportunity comes up, whether it's you know your first day in the academy and someone goes, "Hey, who wants to do this?" I mean, raise your hand um, and don't be afraid to fail. Like that is that is something that I, I think is is so crucial in in learning is to be able to find an opportunity and put yourself to the test and fail at it and learn from your own mistakes rather than watch somebody else and then try to mimic what they did or did not do. You really, I just, you really don't, you don't learn from that. And you're just trying to, to mimic somebody else's actions. When you, when you do something and you either succeed or you fail at it, whether how big of a task it is, man, you, you learn from that. And, and it seems you're so less likely to make that mistake again because you're learning from your own, your own mistakes and making those changes in your decision-making. Um, but we just can't be afraid to, to look dumb in front of each other. You know, it, yes. that's what it's all about. And, and the more we do that, we start, starts to become avoidance. And then that avoidance becomes complacency. And before long, you haven't, you haven't touched that saw in months because you couldn't get it started and somebody made fun of you. And it was like one thing after another. And all of a sudden you just were like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore now. Well, that doesn't change the fact that you may need to, you may need that saw, you know, five minutes from now. Like, yeah, that just, just being, being open to, to the criticism and, and, and being afraid to look dumb and fail, man, that, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I could give. Yeah, I think that's absolutely sound. I mean, when, when we're doing company training drills or what have you, and our, our training officers are, are present with the task, man, I look for failure. I don't look to personally screw up, but I look for that failure. I can't necessarily see what I'm doing from a different angle that these guys can. And when they say, hey, you know, this was good. That was there. Our cadre is really good about bringing the positive and then the constructive criticism and then bringing another positive back to the table. So I think that's a great learning task and tactic alone. But listen, when they do give you that constructive criticism, don't feel like you're getting called out. Don't feel like, you know, you just got made fool of in front of your crew or other crews. No, nah, man, they're care enough to tell you what was wrong that you couldn't see. And now, you know, how. so yeah, that's spot on. don't be afraid to fail. And it's the fire service, you know, guys are going to, guys are going to give you a hard time. They're going to chirp at you. It is what it is. You got to have thick skin and, and take it with a grain of salt, move on to it. But you know, the intentions are good. But for sure, those those failures are gonna are gonna highlight your weaknesses. And if you can highlight those weaknesses, and then put the focus on them, man, they they may not be weaknesses after that. If you if you get that highlight, and then all of a sudden you you run from it, that it doesn't change it. it that weakness is still gonna be there. Yes. Oh, absolutely, man. Just don't kind of summarize what you said, man. Don't be quick to get butt hurt over things, man, because it's oh, yeah. it's not what it seems. It really isn't. Nah, we we, we got to have fun while we're doing it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You got to have the chop busting, man. It wouldn't oh, yeah. be the same without it. What it's about. When, yeah, when it's constructive criticism time, man, don't get butt hurt over it. They're just trying to make you better. So just yeah. accept it and listen. But, man, hey, we, we finish up. You know this question's coming. You know what it means to me and the others that help me run this page. But, Daniel, what does setting the standard mean to you, my man? Man, setting the standard is, uh, I, I think, kind of to, to touch back on, on what we spoke earlier, is it has to be consistent and it has to be across the board, not with 
not setting a standard on on one one subject or one discipline of your of your life over others and and i for me that that is something that i i look out outside of the fire service as well you know i got to take my family and home life just as passionate and serious as i as i take the firefighting stuff whether i break it down to disciplines or anything else um yes. but that that standard has to be across the board you can't you can't let it go through and just be like hey i'm i'm a truck guy i'm going to set the truck standard high and then let hose work go to the side it doesn't work right. like that um you have to be your standard has to be high and across the board for me, when it comes to the standard in firefighting, it's never about us. Like we said about the for them, we don't set the standard. The public does. Absolutely. Not my department, not my fire chief, not my HR, none of that. The public does. Whatever they expect of me is the standard. So in a lot, a lot of times, man, I, I can't think of anybody who who thinks higher of firemen than the public. So you in order to live up to that, you got to really take a look at, at what those people expect of you. And, and you have to put yourself into whatever position you need to be to meet up with that. So that, that standard is, is whatever that person who calls me at, you know, whatever time of the day needs from me, that that's the standard to me. That's, that's so golden. And, you know, when our, when our brother Tom said that not too long ago, when he said that the citizens set the standard and you just backed it up, that, that was such a game changer light bulb moment for me on a personal level. It's like, man, you know, I never thought of that because I never made that correlation because we do everything for the best of the citizens. But I guess I just never thought to bring that together to say, hey, well, they're the ones that are setting the standard, man, because everything we're doing is for them and everything we're doing is about them. And we know that we're selfless, humble servants, or we're supposed to be. But if we don't meet their expectations or we don't meet their standards, we fail. Well, we have this tendency to, to downplay ourselves, which is which is a humble approach because, True. you know, the, these little kids and, and the people we come across in the public, they look at us as heroes. They look at us as, as something so high up on a pedestal. And of course we know what we do for a living and we know, you know, who we are and that we're imperfect and, and all these things. So a lot of the times we're like, no, you know, we're not, we're not that like, we're just, we do this for a living. We love what we do. Like, but the truth at the end of the day is we should be raising ourselves up to that, yes. not knocking ourselves down. You don't need to go around and gloat that, you know, this, but if they think this of you, you should be doing everything you can to to actually fall into that picture rather than try to knock that vision down and go, no, we're not quite that great. Like we, we do this at, like, no, we should be like, yeah. So that, you know, to those people, absolutely. That, that is who we are. And I, I strive every day in order to be that for you. Man, you nailed it, brother. And that's, it's so true though. There's a lot of truth behind that. And that was, that was awesome. It was a great answer, bud. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, brothers, there, uh, as we're wrapping up, is there anyone that you want to give some some praise or words of you know acknowledgement to? This is your episode, and uh, Dude, I, I know your list is probably just as long as mine. But yeah, I always want to give my guests the opportunity to to thank anyone they want to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I definitely I couldn't go without this without mentioning my family, um, my wife, and and my daughter. Man, that is that is a drive behind everything I do. Um, I, I just like you know any good fireman, uh, I try to be. The, the person that I want showing up to my house to get my family, uh, I try to be that for everybody else. So uh, my wife, 
has never complained. I know, like I said, I, I get spread thin and, and lose focus. And, and it took some time to come back around to, to make sure I have my priorities right. And, and man, she's just nothing but supportive of me. Um, the, the guys that I keep around me, uh, without a doubt, those, those guys know, man, like I said, keeping the accountability, um, my crew, my Lieutenant, um, these guys are, are some of the most passionate people I know and, and just down to earth and, and they keep me grounded and, uh, keep me driven. I, I wouldn't be nearly the, the person I am without them. Um, I've had a lot of great mentors that have led me through the fire service, um, learning, learn from some, take from some, I. I honestly wouldn't be even remotely close to, to who I am without, without great leadership. Um, these guys led me in a right path. Um, Matt Valdez and the whole MV fire rescue guys, endless opportunities and, and just learning from these guys, man. I, I've jumped bounds in my career by, by surrounding myself with these amazing firemen and, uh, and been blessed with the opportunities that, that Matt's given to us um, to go and just, share time with other people around, around the state, man. No, you couldn't agree. Like I said, I, I keep in touch with him on a daily basis and going back to dropping those little, little secret nuggets and stuff. He'll send me a picture or something and he'll give like that hush emoji and or the big <laughs> eyes emoji. I'm like, man, are y'all ever going to stop raising the bar? Or what are y'all doing? And yeah, he's like, man, we're running with it. He said, it, it's awesome. And it is. And our boy, Kevin Fluger, better, man. Yes. And, like I said, our, our boy Kevin Fluger said it best, man. This is a hell of a time to be in the fire service. It so is, there's, it is. There's no excuses for anybody in the job right now to be stagnant. There's no excuse. There isn't, man. We uh there there's an opportunity wherever we need to go. I mean, shoot, well, just from the MV fire guys, we'll, we'll come to your front door, man. You know, we we're willing to work and and we we just love we love this stuff. So for us it's that's all it's about. It's about this kind of stuff. These conversations, this networking and, and getting to just share the passion, whether it's through the hands-on training or, or sitting around, you know, having a beer and, and just talking shop like this, like, but well, we, we love this stuff and, and, and that kind of opportunities that we're, we're getting to do with it. We, we feed off of it and it's just, it's rolling. No doubt, man. I love it. Love every minute of it. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you came on uh, again. Thank you for your patience with, the, whatever the Wi-Fi deal was, but we definitely got a, some sound meat and potatoes that a lot of people could just, you know, feed off of and hopefully take it to heart and, and better themselves if whatever they felt necessary that they truly needed to hear. And, uh, man, I just I thank you. Uh, I know you got a big night tonight, so best of luck on that, my man. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I can't I'll wait be out to in, about in it. Robstown with uh, Salty Coast Fools doing a – kind of talking shop with those guys It'd be a little out of my element for me with some cameras and stuff around, but um, I'll be around some, some good dudes and, and I'm excited, man. Thank you so much for, for having me on brother. I, I love our conversations. I've, uh, I've shared some, some personal moments with you and I, I'm, I'm grateful for what you're doing, man. And you know, it, it touches, touches close to home with me on a lot of the things and, and you're doing incredible things, man. I'm blessed to know you. Well, I appreciate that, brother. I got to give all that credit to God, man. He he's overseeing all this, so I gotta gotta Absolutely. let him have the credit. But Absolutely. man, thank you again, brother. Um, real quick though, if anyone wants to reach out to you or pick your brain a little more, how can they do that if you want them to? Man, I'm uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is is DC Drury. Uh, you can you can get through me through MV Fire. Um, 
I'll, I'll throw my, I got no problem throwing my number out here um, on my email. My phone number is 512-650-0408. And my email is dcdrury22 at gmail. Man, uh, please reach out. Please reach out. I, I love getting to talk to brothers and sisters and uh, I, I love the networking stuff and talking shop. I, if anybody has, has anything or they want to, man, if you, if you want to share something with me, an article or share some passion with me, I, I love that stuff too. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm no seasoned veteran. I'm young in the fire service. I, I'm always willing to learn and, and find something new or whatever else, but please, please, please reach out. I, I love this stuff. Well, there you go, man. And for those listening, there's your opportunity just to, to learn, get better insight and just talk shop and network like he's talking about. So Daniel, thanks again, my man. And uh, definitely best of luck tonight. I can't wait to see it. And I hope everyone else out there just has a great, safe, and, and blessed week as it's wrapping up. And uh, hydrate. By God, hydrate. It's so hot. <laughs> I don't care where you're at in the USA right now. It's hot. So yes, <laughs> Let, let's avoid the, the issue. Thanks again, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Daniel. And I'll see you next time, bud. Yeah, brother. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Bye.